Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Interesting mm. week this week. Had an interesting. I did a film shoot. Oh. Uh, for the Truffle Melbourne. Sure. I was helping out doing some demonstrations. Yes. Did you get any truffles out of it? Did you get paid in truffle? I got paid by my weight in truffle. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but what was interesting that I did these two shoots and they were mm. so different in their in their context. Uh, well, the the people I had one mm. was Guy Grossi, yes, from you know Mister Florentino, yes, um, the current steward, one of, of the cornerstones of cuisine in this in this fair town, and the oldest um, serving restaurant in this town. If you Is think it about really? it, really, yeah, upstairs, yeah. right? Can't think of any other. No, no, there might go. be though. But anyway, let us know if there are. It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Send us um, a postcard. Drop us a line. Yeah. Drop us a line if you could. Um, but um, yeah, it was interesting. Did a uh, very, very lovely tortellini with mm. uh, Guy Grossi. Mm. Uh, but then I, the other one I did was with this um, fabulous DJ. Yeah, DJ Generic with a K. And his name's Tyson. G'day, Tyson, if you're listening. I don't know if you are. Uh, But if you are, it was awesome to hang out with you. He was just lovely. And we were sort of doing late night Mm. truffle foods. (laughs) We're doing truffle late night. Truffles after dark. Well, yes. (laughs) Well, this thing, this whole thing's called truffle confidential. Yeah, right. (laughs) You like that? Came up with it. Yeah. What do you do with truffles? Uh, Don't you, I, I love Matt's silence can say a lot sometimes, <laughs> can't it, folks? Uh, but we did um, we did the classic, just you know, mac and cheese. Yeah, like, from the packet. Yeah, um, you, you can pimp that thing up, especially if you got some truffles. Just yeah, sitting there. yeah, and um, and it's uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty pretty valid. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but it was good good to hang out with him. Um, cooking this week, I've yep. also been doing uh, teriyaki. Oh, you, ever, nice. you ever made your own teriyaki? Not in my own sauce, no. <clears throat> you should. Okay. Because um, it has – there's a theory behind it mm. there, that there is a golden ratio. Ooh. Two, 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 one. Ooh. <laughs> That's three twos and a one. Yeah. What are the ingredients? Soy, two. Sake, two. Mirin. Mm-hmm. Two. Sugar. Oh, yes, just so, the one. Yeah, the one. Boom. And so all you do is you, that's your ratio. You add it to Soy, a pan. sake, mirin, sugar. Sugar. Uh, and then what you do is then you bring to boil. Yep. Reduce. How much? Like so? What, no. About 30%. So it gets so no, no, shiny. But an original quantity, so what, a cup of mirin or half a cup, a shot of mirin, how much? It's the thing about ratios, man. It does you, 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 you make your own, baby. True. I mean, a bucket. So this is going to. You want to do buckets? <laughs> you can do buckets. So it's going to make a marinade. Symbol. So you want it. So you want enough to to cover the meat. Yeah, presumably. You don't want to make four liters of it if you only need a cup. Well, we'll keep in the fridge for about two weeks. I'll make four so liters then. Go nuts. Yeah, go on crazy. Do it's buckets. Teriyaki again. Anyway, so uh, mm. did that. Uh, the other thing uh, that. Um, I did, which was a real highlight, was a vegetarian dish. Fresh shiitake mushrooms. God, mm. they're glorious. Yes. 
Broccolini. Yes. Garlic. Yes. And uh, what? Oh, oyster sauce. Oh, yeah. Just at the end, just mm. a little. Yeah, that's nice the way that oyster sauce makes that noise. <laughs> um, that was uh, bloody awesome. And then yep. the other thing that I did, which. Um, I've been doing a bit of cooking at home, it seems. Mm. Um, I think uh, everyone has been. Well, yeah, yeah that's out. right. No sourdough, but uh, <laughs> apple and rhubarb crumble. I think the sourdough trend's fallen off now, hasn't it? Just oh, not with some. Oh, really? Oh, God. Still sourdoughing? Good on you. Yes. You're still sourdoughing. More power to your starters. Oh, my Lord. Um, Nick. Nick from the Arbery still. <laughs> G'day, still- Nick. <laughs> G'day, Nick. <laughs> Mate, they're looking great. <laughs> Every day. Here, I did a sourdough. Um... <laughs> Actually, that's something we might have to ask our chef down at Casey, whoever yes. he has. Uh, well, I think it's just on the line too, so just hang on there. A sourdough starter, really? Uh, well, yeah, on the line. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, um, is there anything that you wanted to I, talk I about? Just, I was going to st- maybe just a lament, if I may. A lament? This has been a really, really, what really... What key is it in? A, to minor a key. Minor. Yeah, yeah, so a minor. Yeah, it's got A minor. A minor. Um, yeah. This has been a really, really weird few months for everyone and also for the industry that we know and love mm. um and usually i think when you spoke to dan hunter a couple of weeks ago at bray you talked about you know the buzz of a dining room and how it's really really good to see there is a sound that comes from satisfied people yes you know when there there is it's a thing yeah um, and it's good that's returning, even though it's not quite returning at the speed that we all hoped because of no. further risks of infection, et cetera, et cetera. But on the flip side, though, Cam, yeah. there was a period I think I'm always going to cherish when everything else in the world was looking very Shut. crappy. Yes. Good restaurants just turned to delivery. For, they came to you. They came to us. And the fact that we could get some of the best food in Melbourne yes. on our own dining table yes. and we could eat in our pyjamas. Yes. I think I'm going to miss it, Cam. And go, I ain't going to have a bottle of wine. Exactly. He's walking to the house. Oh, have another one of them. Yeah. And, you uh, and, you know, of course, it's great to see hopefully the industry get back on its feet. But I'm always going to have a little fond memory, I think, of when the world was turning upside down. Of that time. To, I think, as, as you said, to be able to get amazing restaurant food from many places without having to see anyone. <laughs> it was great. So I kind, of, I kind of miss it already. Yes. But I don't want it to come back for obvious reasons. Yes. And uh, we also, the uh, we have to give an award this week for... Mm. Um, Wow, just um, really hats off mm. to you, Andrew McConnell, uh, yes. who is uh, going ahead with opening up Gimlet, yes, a new restaurant named after the famous drink uh, in Cavendish House, a glorious, glorious space that Where he is was. Cavendish House, remind me, thirty-three Russell Street, Russell Street, Russell Street. Mm. Um, is that top end or bottom end? It's uh, well, it depends. Where t- what's your top? What's your bottom? Bottom's the Yarra. Top is the exhibition building. Bottom. 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 Just near it. Just, just near the bum. <laughs> the bottom. Sure. The bottom of Russell. Yes. Yes. I want the bottom. No, stop it. <clears throat> um, Andrew, yes, opening up uh, Look Out for That. Mm. That's going to be an incredible space built around a bar, a place that he has thought has been amazing ever since when it was a furniture store. Oh. It's my great joy to be able to say, we're going to leave these shores and we're going to go to... A place at the bottom of the world. Um, my God. We have the chef of Casey Research Station. His name is Herman. 
His last name, I'm going to try and have a go at. Um, excuse me in, in advance, Herman. Uh, Schaffner. That was pretty good, Ken. Had a go? That was pretty good. Thank you. Schaffner, you're very close. Schaffner, Schaffner. <laughs> so, um... That's it. That's I, th- what is it that's... Is that... Are you... Is that Austrian, that name? It is. It is. It is, indeed, yeah. But I'm, I'm true... I'm, I'm a blue Ozinar, true blue Ozinar. I've been here since 83. Yes. So... More than half my life. So I'm definitely Australian, yeah. Well, you you and me both. Uh, that's one of the things that defines so many people uh, in Australia is that we are from somewhere else. Um, Herman, before we start talking about um, your role in this incredible research place, could you just um, just take a little bit of time just to describe where you are? And if you look out the window, what do you see? Um at the moment, it's sort of still semi-dark. The sun is just about trying to rise or pretend to rise. Um, so it's sort of dusky, beautiful. At the moment, I think it's about minus six degrees. Mm. Uh, not a lot of wind, only about 16 knots or so. Yes. So that's, very, that's a very calm, pleasant winter morning, yeah. Yeah. And we're probably going to have daylight for about three and a half, four hours at the moment. Uh, so by three o'clock it will be fairly dark again, which is something we just celebrated last week and having the midwinter sort of it's the most important day for us down here, being the shortest day of the year because we know the days are finally starting to get longer again. Oh, I like thought it was the minutes. You know? <laughs> Herman, I thought it was the most so, important day because that's when you go to the back of the cool room and bring out all those crayfish tails and yeah, fillets and you do a little bit. That's right. Uh, you do a bit extra on midwinter. It's always a special. And, you you know, every chef can decide what they want to do. We did a sort of a, a five-course degustation menu this time. Ooh. Or others do maybe a nice buffet or something. But you really you really lay it on for the boys and girls there yeah, because it is a special a special occasion here. Yeah. To celebrate that we made it that far and to know that we are on the home stretch. <laughs> yeah, and, and Herman, it's, so, it's, uh, that has been a tradition now for, well, probably since when Casey first started. Um, just quickly, um, Casey Research Station, how old is that place and what's its function? The actual Casey Station just... Uh, celebrated its 50th anniversary, the station where we are on. Before it was Wilkes, which was an older station built originally by the Americans, but you're testing my history skills now, Yep. Uh, and taken over by the Australians, I believe, in 59. But then in 69, when uh, Casey opened the present station, the other one was closed down, and we used that one. It's just across the bay. You could literally walk across now at the sea ice it's maybe two kilometers as the crows fly mm-hmm. you can see some of the building structures across the bay and it's a quite popular spot to go there for a weekend every day off you know to get off station dump in a hag and get across the way we have to drive across in the hags is about 10 kilometers and i skied actually i skied across to it once last summer and there's a there's a little old hut standing which is uh and Tierney called the Hilton. We called it our Hilton. So yes. it's the only hut. It sleeps about. It sleeps up to ten people. Has a fireplace. So it's very popular. 
to go there for a pizza. That's the only competition I have done here. When people go out and make their own pizza over there, or try to make a pizza. Yes. And um, it's good fun, you know. It's good, a good spot. But yeah, Casey, uh, it's the biggest of the four Australian stations besides Davies, Mawson, and uh, Macquarie Island in the Southern Arctic. Yep. So in summer, when we are full, we can have up to maybe 100, 120 people at times because we also get a lot of uh, scientists coming through from other stations to use our airstrip as a transit spot and they might end up staying here for a couple of days. Or, so in summer, it's very hectic. It's a lot of coming and going. But at the same time, you need a hell of a lot of interesting people from all places and all walks of life. That's, that's one of the intriguing things down here. You know, people talk about, but you're so isolated, you're so isolated. <laughs> Don't need more. What, I meet more people. No, <laughs> we are just not isolated. I don't feel isolated at all. It's a, it's a wonderful small community. You know, people look after each other. And I said, the type of people come through. We had some guys from NASA last summer. And incredibly incredible. All the, and all the different science projects that go on and um, happen down here at times. It's just amazing. You know, you wouldn't meet people like that in your normal walk of life or in your normal daily life back in the city. And no chance. And Herman, one of the great things about the character and the type of people that uh, that do come down and winter and summer over at Casey are a certain type of people because uh, uh, great care is taken by, I suppose, human resources, HR or whatever the, the term oh, yeah, is, yeah. to make sure that all the people play well with other children. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's a, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because somebody goes, you, you take turns and looking after the kids, you know, when they, <laughs> <laughs> when they try to go off the rails a bit. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I think it's one of the biggest aspects is to get the selection right. It's not, it's not just about your professional qualifications or whatever no. trade you're in, you know. When you get to the selection centre, it's... it's uh, you sit with a bunch of people, and you have never met them before, but you sit with plumbers, Park is a chef, and a biologist, and a uh, meteorologist, and any, anyone who's going to be here. So, and you, you're very quick, sort of, it puts you out of a comfort zone, and that's the whole idea of it as well. You get different scenarios thrown at you, how you would deal with that, and how you would cope with that, and what if this happens, what would you do, you know, you get all those role plays and everything. So, it's really about first before anything to get the right mix of people because if you get to the election centre it's already been decided that you've got the professional qualifications but can you can you fit in the team in the family you know so and that was that was a, I thought it was a very intriguing very interesting exercise for two days what we had there so and to get it pretty right we're having a, a great bunch again this this year here at Casey you know and it's just it's you're forced to make it happen, you know. It's sort of, it's no good saying, oh, but I don't like you. Or, uh, <laughs> you don't have to agree with everything, but you, yes. you know, your level sort of, you say, yeah, okay, you have another opinion, that's okay, but we look, we're in the same boat. we got to roll in the same direction, you know, so let's not make it harder for each other. Exactly. Let's and have a good time all together. And Herman, one of the, the things that I've, I've heard about uh, the Australian bases is that uh, uh, one of the things that we hope 
defines us here in um, Australia is the egalitarian nature of the society, uh, that we don't take ourselves too seriously and everybody mucks in. And um, some bases uh, from different nationalities have people, you know, they have cleaning staff, you know, they have uh, subordinates that do the subordinate work. But with Australia... That's right. Everybody pitches in, and you can be um, you can be maybe head of operations, but you could still be what is known as a slushy. A slushy, that's right. Yeah, and nobody. That's that's the great thing. And everybody's the same. Nobody, if even the station leader, well, is a super person. She comes in. She does what she washes dishes. She cleans toilets. When it's her, when she's washed it on, she was she does the same thing like everybody else. And I even yeah. had the. I had the pleasure of having our big boss from Kingston, Tim Ellis, our director. He was down here in Antarctic, sort of uh, inspecting the other stations, and they were here for a couple of days. And even he was much lucky for a day. So I had the big boss washing dishes for me. Yeah, we should just we should just define what a. Sorry to cut across you, Herman. Um, there is for the yeah. listeners out there. There is a slight delay, um, so we're just trying to work on that. Uh, just a, a slushy okay. is someone who. What is a slushy? Uh, a channel cleaner and kitchen hand. So yeah. they start in the morning. We clean the common areas and not make sure the bars clean, restock the glasses and everything, clean the dining room, mop the floors, and uh, clean the bathroom. And in between, do the dishes and maybe help me in the kitchen with some basic veggie prep, do some peeling or whatever is required. So, and then it works really well. It gives everybody a break from the normal routine as well. And I would say all the people enjoy it, you know, to do something different. And you get a you get to know each other better. You get an appreciation for each other's jobs and responsibilities, and also it works really, really well. Yeah. And and tell it's us about the. You know, and I get a. Ooh. Sorry, Herman. Yeah, sorry. I, I beg your pardon. Uh, again, we're just trying to work with the the slight delay here because we are a continent away. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about um, the cooking facilities that you have and the sort of menus that you produce, and of course we do want to hear about the feast that was happening so uh, if you could tell us about that that would be awesome but food in general it's it'd be such a focus for people it is it is it is because there is not much else so especially in winter and also it it food becomes such a focus point it's sort of a that are comfort zone by the end of the day you sit down to a nice hearty meal you know in the evening was, and especially the trade is if you have to work outside in the cold and everything oh my god yeah it's nice to come back in and uh, sit down and have a good meal and warm up again and uh, the kitchen facilities I have it's, it's a basically a commercial kitchen setup but mm. two convention uh, uh, convention ovens I've got a bread pan grilled oh, bread deep fryer and an eight burner stove mm-hmm so, like any other normal restaurant kitchen, um, storeroom, we have three freezers, uh, two walk-in fridges. So, it's like any other normal setup, really. Mm. Um, it seems and, like a um, freezer speed, sort of seems a bit superfluous. Yep. <laughs> Do you really need the freezer? Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just that. Well, it, of course you do. You yes. get that. Oh, what, do you, what do you need a freezer for, Don? Yes, what do you need yeah. a freezer for? Mm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's a uh, cheap in shot, summer, Herman. In summer, actually, you. Yep, in summer, you, you do. Uh, it doesn't. Then, thanks God, we don't have always minus 18 degree days. Mm. So, 
to beat the same British constant, you know, sort of. But, um, yeah, the feast we did on the weekend, we started with a cocktail party up in the bar. Oh, well, after that, we had our winter swim, of course, the day before. Did you it swim? one of those crazy... Uh, yes, I did. Oh. I did. Go, Herman. For the third time, for the third time. And I, and I kept asking myself the whole week before, why the hell am I doing this again? <laughs> yes, because you know what it's going to be like. And what, what, yeah. what is it like to go into water that is just above freezing? It isn't. It is minus two, minus one point eight, minus two. <sighs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. I, I suppose. And, I uh, suppose it's great for the circulation. It is very. Inv- it's very invigorating. Invigorating. It's very invigorating. I can assure you. <laughs> oh my god! So, you know, we go in for a quick, more deep than a swim. Our whole our swimming hole will sweep by two meters, roughly. Yeah, I've, I've seen uh, it. And Sorry. You have a ladder. You've got to be a shoes. You, and clothes and then uh, gloves so you don't get stuck on the ladder or other bits stuck to the ladder big, too sorry I can't big paddle around and out you go again yeah, and away you go sorry back to the okay and so then, back to the feast we had cocktails yep. upstairs yeah start with a cocktail party with a bloody merry martinis with oysters and uh what else did I do smoked salmon parfait goat's cheese mousse a chicken liver pate with apple salsa and for the vegetarians, it's a mushroom pate, some homoses and nuts and crisps. And main courses, I did them uh, a nice salad with crayfish medallions with avocado and lemon metal sorbet and tomato jelly. Ooh. Then we had a pumpkin cappuccino with parmesan and olive wafers. And main course, I made them a roast beef tenderloin with beetroot parsnip puree, a native pepper sauvignon, and uh, thyme and red wine glaze. And some gold asparagus and dessert buffet style. We had a, a Kalua mousse, a tropical mango, pistachio mousse, um, vanilla custard slice, a berry fro- forest berry slice, Toppenstrudel that comes to Austria and me. I can't help it every now and then. Yeah, I've sort of, got to do that. I have to put something in and then a nice display of sort of assorted truffles and chocolates and pralines. Oh my so, god. And it was all very well received, yeah. Was a great night, yeah. Sounds. At what time did everybody get to bed? Uh, can't remember. No. <laughs> good. What's bed? Good. No. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> no, I, well. I was told. I was told that I I left at two o'clock. Oh wow! So it was a good knock. Oh. Good. Good innings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's usually. Yep. Sorry, Herman. I was going to say we've got a we've got a couple minutes left, about four or five minutes. Um, uh, yep. One question um, I want to ask you was: um, what are the things that seems to keep people going um, down there at Casey? Are cookies? Who makes yeah. the best cookies? Yeah, they and like the, oh, they like actually that group is pretty good. They're not they're not as sweet as. Some of them are. That's the unpredictable thing always. But yeah, they always love their cookies and biscuits, Tim Tams and uh, all that. We have a we have a large selection of that anyway, constantly in the cupboards and in oh, the okay. for anyone any time of the day. But yeah, more for smokers and morning teas, we we make cookies, we make scrolls, we make uh, muffins, all sorts of things. And Saturday brunch, I might make uh, croissants every now and then if they're really good. Wow. Or bagels, you know, 
anything like that. So I try to vary it as much as you can. That's one of the wonderful things down here as a chef. You're not restricted by any. You know, you work in a hotel or a restaurant. You sort of, you're meant to match an image or a certain brand. So you're restricted in a way what you can do. Where down here, it's just, to me, it's cooking for a big family. Mm. And I can do whatever I want. I have a, we have probably 700 plus product lines in our storage altogether. So wow. it is a heaven for a chef, really. You can, you have endless what you can do, you know. So it's, uh, you can go formal, you can do, sometimes it do just a pizza night, a fish and chips, you know, takeaway night, hmm. uh, things like that. Or once a month I might do a, a formal dinner, different theme, maybe French or Asian or Italian, you know, it's, it's easy because you just ask the people what do you feel like, what do you want to do next, you know, that's how I work it. In a way they and get you know you're going to get the majority on the side. I even did the a card night in March where everybody actually got to sit down like in a real restaurant, had cook order and <laughs> yes. cook it fresh, which was a, I don't know, but did that, 20 some people on your own, you know, a la carte. <laughs> that would have been interesting. But, um, yeah, but Sorry. It, also, it, it makes the people relax, you know, there's nothing you're missing out, you're sitting down all evening, you're talking to each other, yeah. you know, it's a great community feel, and that's why the food is important, it, it, it brings people together, yeah. Well, it's the f- that's what I enjoy probably most about it. As, as you say, I mean, as, as well as the work that everybody is uh, engaged in, the one thing that focuses everybody and brings everybody together is... It's like the metaphor for life. It's about it's the food and it's the bringing together and sharing of, of food and it becomes even more important in a place that's so isolated such as Casey. It is, it is. Because I think, I think we don't realise how much we are attached emotionally to our food. You know, the thing we always we eat when we are hungry, we eat when we are sad, we eat when we are happy. We always celebrate something and food is always involved to some extent somewhere. So you are you are a wise a Austrian Australian there, Herman. Um, one thing, um, just I'm going to ask you the very very obvious question. But um, how many dunas have you got on your bed? Like, are your rooms warm? What's what's that like? The rooms, I tell you what, our rooms are very warm. The rooms are set. I think the temperature is set about 23 degrees. Oh, perfect. Yes. So it is very very pleasant. I've, I often wonder when you get out in the nature and you don't have to walk far off stations and you look at the ice plateau and you think, what the hell were you guys thinking? You think back 100 years ago to the Morsons and Shackles and all those guys, the first guys who came down here. Oh my God, yeah. And I still try to figure out what was in your mind to try and to roam around here for months and months and sleep in a tent and so that. And, and have <laughs> uh, maybe a it's couple. It's quite different. We're living. We're living very luxurious down here, yeah. You guys sure are. And, yeah, it's come a long way from, yeah, Shackleton with a with a good woolly jumper and a, you know, a sort of cotton parker on. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, is just yeah. incredible. And then also the other thing that has been the main thing, as far as I can see, in making, taming that uh, Antarctic wilderness is the... Uh, the coming of the internet age because it made for such a different stay yeah. over, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one. I tell you what. One thing is down here. Yes, we have all the technology, and it brings us sort of closer. We can sort of be part of it. But uh, one thing you realise down here very quick is we will never beat nature. It's uh, nature is in charge down here. Yes, you can have the technology, 
it's going to tell you you're going to get hit by a blizzard in a couple of hours and you can't change it, you can't turn it around. You just pull your head in and wait until it's over. Nature rules down here. Nature makes the decisions down here uh, what happens and when it happens. It's uh, like it's a humbling experience, uh, I can well imagine. Uh, just out of curiosity, what's for dinner tonight, Herman? Tonight? Uh, actually, today is my day off, so we have something we call it catch and kill. So before <laughs> my day off, I just cook a bit more in advance, and whatever's left over is in the fridge, and everybody helps themselves, or they can cook themselves bacon and eggs, or poultry for breakfast, or make the sandwiches, or and help themselves. So that's catch and kill on my day off. Mm-hmm. And um, then tomorrow, uh, two of the slushies, they will actually do the cooking. So they usually come to me a couple of days before and tell me what they want to cook, and I help them setting up and everything. So well, I've been told to stay out of the kitchen on my day off. So yeah, it took a while to get used to. Fantastic. But, uh, it's enjoyable. At least I don't have to eat my own food every day of the week. You know? uh, that's good. Herman, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. First of all, you're taking time off on your, on your day off to have a chat to us. Thank you so much for the work you're doing down there and keeping everybody happy. Um, if anybody wants to see any pictures of Herman, you can see him uh, sporting some incredible, looks like Lederhausen that you might be wearing down there. And thank oh, you yes, again. I have, a, I, have a, I have a real lederhosen with me, and for the swim, I actually wore a board shorts. It's printed on the lederhosen, so... Good man. I made that a habit. Bill, Billabong. Thanks very much for having me, Ken. It was, was a pleasure. Yeah, right back at you, Herman. Thank you very, very much, and uh, all the best to all the people wintering over in the big red house at Casey. Yeah, thanks very much. I shall pass it on. Please. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you. Have a great day. Wow. We were saying, uh, I don't think we say this most times we speak to Casey, but the first time we did that in the sort of 90s, we had this weird two-way radio thing and we had to over, over, over and uh, and I think a few years later, then you could get a little grainy image of Casey Station Live on the internet. That's right. The, the webcam was one of the first webcams was, I ever looked at. And it was this little tiny poster stamp size thing, but if yes. you jump onto the uh, Australian Antarctic Division website, now you can actually get a very high definition photo on live stream as to what the weather is down there and yeah, check what it life's out. like in the only COVID-free continent. Yeah, we never got to talk about world. that. That might have been a bit uh, obvious. Uh, we got a man. He's not a Gordon. He's a Gary. Gary Cooper. <laughs> Big good afternoon to you, buddy. Hey Cam, how you doing, mate? I'm good. We're reunited after all these years. Yeah, it's been about five years, hasn't it? It's been a few footy seasons. Yep. Yeah. Sure yeah. has. Um, you've moved um, from, well, is it the the rim of the Yarra Valley, we could sort of say? From Coldstream up yeah. to Mount Daninong. Yeah, yeah. wow. And um, one of the things that, well, we used to love talking to you because you used to humour us in the sort of start of service on one of your, usually your busiest day. <laughs> yeah, that was madness. Yeah, good on you, Cam. Yeah, <laughs> all right, I'll fucking talk to you. Um, but, <laughs> oh, bloody well. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you. But um, we remember fondly chatting with you, but I remember the fact that you were one of the first people in regional Victoria that sort of had a lot of the produce came from the garden within the place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, I love I love doing that. You know, I mean, for the customers to be able to walk out into the garden and pick something and then 
for us to drop some corn into a pot and then they have it literally sort of five minutes later. It's just uh, the way to go. But, you know, that, that was another, another time. Another Water time. Another bridge for me. Tell us about So you've moved from the, the valley to the mountain. Yeah. Look, I've always lived up here in Mount Daninong. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, always had a property here. And, you know, I've just, uh, when I, when I wound up the restaurant, I thought, what, you know, what do I want to do? And I still wanted to be in food. And I was kind of like, came to the end of the restaurant industry for me and thinking, well, you know, it's a kind of a young man sort of job, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yes. So, you know, I, um, I've, I decided that I wanted to get, um, back into baking and, you know, I took my family over to Italy for three months and um, haunted uh, uh, Forno in um, Campo di Fiori in Rome. Hmm. So I really, really dig what those cats do. Um, and then got back and said to Carol and my wife, well, you know, where, where, where do you want to open up this site? Do you want to go downtown or yeah. stay up here? And we decided to stay up here because we have a young family. What a great and, move um, it was. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic, you know, and then to find a site in Sassafras, you know, you know, it was just, it was, it was meant to be, Cam, really was, you know. So you said you know, to you, honey, yeah. we're getting ovens, lots of ovens. Yeah, that's right, that's right, and expensive ovens too. <laughs> and, um, right. and, and you're still there with, uh, James is still there, James Fisher? Yeah, James is still here, he's my baker. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and... You know, we're we're pretty lucky. I mean, we get on really well, and you know, we work pretty odd hours. But um, you know, the sourdough is sort of happening well, and you know, I'm pretty happy with all of the pastry action. And you know, I'm I'm actually having the time of my life, Cam. Really, well, you know, it shows. There's there's something about a place when you walk into a place, and I don't know, it just sort of exudes something. There's um. There's a, a really beautiful feeling of, um, oh, what is it? It's sort of self-sufficiency. It's, it's contentment. Yeah. It's um, it's about doing something and doing it the very, very best you can do. I mean, like, like you, there's a lemon tart there, and you just look at that thing and you go, mm, I don't know how you improve on that. That looks pretty bloody good. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, we can't keep up with those lemon tarts. We go through about, oh, around about 55 kilo of, Lemon curd a week. That's a lot of lemon curd. That's almost that's, that's, almost, that's almost matrix like. I need lemon curd. <laughs> Lots of lemon curd. Um, what was the history of the actual site? Was it built as a bakery, or did you actually get the site and go right ground zero? Here we go. Yeah, ground zero. Here we oh, go. And, Jesus, uh, really? It used, to, it used to be a nursery, um, and we had lots of problems uh, with too much light in the place because of all of the glass. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so we decided to build around that and shade it in, in, in places. But when we found it, the, you know, the beauty of this place is that people drive up the hill, they get to Sassafras, and it sort of levels off, and they think, oh, well, we better stop because, you know, we've got it's to stop level. more or less. I've got to go to the toilet. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, what I like about it is that, you know, you know, we're an ancillary business to Tojo, the um, bonsai nursery next door. Oh, that place and, is um, amazing. There, oh, there are, it's there really are, amazing. I mean, there are tree. You, you've, you've got to love the art of bonsai, and I don't yeah. really understand people who don't. But anyway, that's you know your thing. But there it's are things. Right, it's run by it's run by a guy called Jeff Barry, and you know he's um, he reminds me actually a little bit of 
You know the dude from the Big Lebowski? Yeah. He's got that Canadian sort of like, you know, drawl and you yeah. know, he's, he's really cool. And, I and think he's got a white like... Russian in his hand all the time. I was wondering about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> That's right, mate. Um, so it's beautiful. People can walk through the nursery and then also come into us. Um, and we're very fortunate that we could actually do it here on this site because um, they're not really too keen on development up here at all. Right? Um, because it is a heritage site. So, you yeah. know, well, the village is anyway, you know. And do you know what? Do you know what? The sassafras tree, right? Do you know what they make from that? Um, sassafras, so not filet powder? Yes. Yeah. And they use that in gumbos and stuff. <laughs> hey, and there you go, winner. <laughs> yeah, winner. Thank Good God I got idea. that one right. You look you're, like a bloody you're a idiot. Cookie, aren't you? Yeah, well, I've been around. Been around the block, yeah. mate. Been around? Yeah, so. Hey, so what's, the, what's the difference between a cookie and a biscuit? Uh, the spelling? Uh, no, no. Bis- a biscuit is baked twice. If you do the uh, the 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 translation of it, biscuit baked twice. Yeah, yeah. Did I a get biscuit, that one right too? A biscuit? No, not really. Oh, a good. Well, I can't be too perfect. Yeah, go on. <laughs> you can't be too perfect. No, no, that was a that boring. And a cookie crumbles, mate. I'll say that again. A biscuit? What? A biscuit snaps, and a cookie crumbles. Well, that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. What's, what's 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 your favourite? Uh, if you're going to make a a cookie, either there or at home, what's your, what's your favourite cookie mix? You know, we've got one at the moment that's um, chocolate and cranberry. Chocolate and cranberry. Cool. That sounds pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. Okay. And it stays pretty soft and unctuous in the middle. If you know what I mean. I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Can't get enough of those with a coffee. I've I've always been a big fan of the Toll House cookie, the classic chocky chip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, um, do you know what Proserpina means? No. Goddess well, Pros- of something? Yeah, she's um, she's the uh, daughter of Demeter, who's the goddess of Earth, and Proserpina basically was sent to Earth to make things grow. And uh, she grew wheat, so it kind of fell into place with us with, you know, milling her own grain to make her own flour and, you know, buying in the wheat and... Trying to grow some wheat ourselves, you know what I mean? How's that going? Well, you've, um, have you started? Have you, first of all, have you got a site for it and are you trialling any wheat yet? No, we're not trialling wheat yet, but we do have a site. Um, you know, and it's because of Proserpina, the bakehouse, you know, like, you know, pretty much all my chickens have come to roost here, you know. This is like a little blue train of, of, of the bakehouse, and then, you know, we're turning over huge amounts of numbers, and I'm really fortunate. Cam, because we've been able to trade through this whole COVID shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and because you know we we have a necessary product for people, we also sell things like butter and you know beautiful biodynamic milk and all of that sort of thing. And we've got a lot of support from the locals up here. So you know, on a day like today, you know, we've got a bit of a queue going on, and you you know you can always count sixty to a hundred in the queue. If you know what I mean. So it's great. Um, I'm very, very fortunate, very blessed. And, you know, we, we managed to be able to buy a property in the patch. Do you know where the patch is? Yeah, I've got a buddy who lives in the patch. Yeah, right. Yeah, g'day, Shanker, yeah. if you're listening. Shanker. Shanker. Boom, Shanker. Yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. I know Shanker. You know Shanker? Yeah, he's, he's, he, artist, he's right? a, yeah, and a, and a baker as well. He was um, working down at Belgrave. Um, amazing. Also, a really, really great guitarist, too. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. He's no, he's, he's, he, anything he does, he goes really deeply into. But you were saying you bought a place in the patch? Yeah, bought a place in the patch. It's on 18 acres. Uh, we've 18 got, acres? To, Jesus. Yeah, it used, to, it used to be a farm. I'd love to take you out there. You'd love it, man. It's yeah, okay. really cool. Yeah, I'm there. Um, all right. Well, next time we get together. Mm. And, you know, we do intend to put on a uh, build a barn and put all of a lot more equipment in there so that we've got a bit of an engine room to produce products and get it out to Proserpina because we've, we're too small now. Like I, I'm struggling with space and struggling with getting staff in and, you know, so if we can do that, I'd love to be able to look at, you know, a whole eight acres of wheat growing as well. And then we can harvest that and then basically bring it back into, into the cafe and, Bakehouse, you know. Well, you. Um, we have a, we have another mutual friend of ours, uh, Tim Hennessy, who said to me, "Yeah, yeah, I love that place. It's uh, so beautifully vertically integrated." And I went, uh, oh, what, what, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I just, you know, put my dummy hat on. Go. What do you mean vertically integrated? I don't know why I'm speaking like that. Sorry, um, but it is. You you do everything from you know selling the lemon tart, which is retail. But you also are selling bags of like you do a lot in that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try and do as much as we can, um, you know. And it's there, so why not? You know, we get a lot of produce in as well from all around Australia, and you know, and local produce. And you know, it's we just really love uh, supporting the locals for sure. You know, um, and yeah, look, there is. A lot of people are coming to us saying, you know, we need flour, we need this, and it has exploded because of this COVID stuff. Ken, you know? Have you got a sourdough um, recipe? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. you know, can I can I have that sourdough starter? And you know, it's free, isn't it? You know, you're just giving away. <laughs> Sorry, what? Sourdough. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I like about the fact that everyone's doing their sourdoughs? They'll realise how bloody hard it is. <laughs> yeah. And you, tr- you try and keep that bloody thing alive, you know. Um, it's like having a pet, and if you don't feed it for one day, it dies. Yeah, didn't you read Bourdain? <laughs> do, do you remember the first line? Was it the first lines of Kitchen Confidential? Feed the bitch? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Feed, <laughs> you gotta, feed you do. Bitch. You have. It's a responsibility. It's like a Tamagotchi, but it's more organic. <laughs> We used to um, make it at Bella as well, and above yes. the door, just as everyone would walk out, you know, the staff, it'd be, you know, have you fed the monster yet? Oh, the monster's nicer. Yeah, yeah. the monster. Keep the, keep, the, keep the monster alive. So, um, Gary, I hope this is the start of uh, catching up with you again. It's lovely to find you after all these years. Me too, Cam. It was, um, it's a couple of times I've been up there. Actually, Yoast, uh, God, I'm dropping names like you wouldn't believe today. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, a mutual friend of ours said you've got to meet up here, and then um, I went, oh, my God, it's Gary Cooper. And um, it was lovely to see you, and it's great to hear you on the radio again. Um, and I suggest you get in touch with Dan Hunter somehow up in Bray, maybe find out what sort of wheat he's been using. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to be getting into a little bit of Bruce Pascoe stuff as well, you know. Oh, great. Um, Dark Emu, you know. You're going to grow this, the, um, the yams? Well, yeah, the yams as well as, um, you know, the um, uh, the grain that uh, came up after the fires, the yes. uh, Nagalak or Nagalak or something. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful indigenous grain. I wouldn't mind sort of going there because, 
you can put that grain into the ground and then grow some other hybrid over it, harvest the hybrid, and then that will come up after the hybrid's gone, and then you harvest that. So you have this succession of harvesting different types of grains. Um, and, you know, it may not be a viable thing if you were harvesting it to sell it, but if you're harvesting it to play with it, you know, in a bakehouse, I think it's just awesome to be able to do, you know. Can't and wait to hear about that. We're going to have to um, let you go because, uh, well, we've got still here, which is... Yeah, uh, Look forward to catching up with you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Tim. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Proserpina Bakehouse in Sassafras. If you feel like a drive... Yeah, 361 Mount Dandenong Tourist Road. Yes. Made especially for you yes. coming up that rail. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 